Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 125 of the Money Love Podcast. I have an amazing guest episode for y'all today. I know that you are thoroughly, thoroughly going to enjoy this one just as much as I did. I don't know if you guys have picked up on this yet, but I'm having guests on the show that correspond with a lot of the things that I'm currently taking interest in and a lot of the personal work that I'm doing. And I'm hoping, I'm really, really hoping that you can pick up on this, but I would say over the past couple of months or so, I've really been diving into other areas of money that I feel like a lot of us are missing. A lot of pieces of the puzzle that we just don't seem to have, that until we have them, it just doesn't seem like things click. It doesn't really seem like things come together. And I feel like you guys are getting that and picking up on that. I've been getting a lot of really, really good feedback from you guys on these types of episodes that we're doing. You guys are telling me like, Paige, oh my gosh, that episode that you did with this person and that person absolutely blew my mind. I had never thought about money in that way. I had never seen it in that way. That was something that I never really knew even touched or affected my finances until I heard that conversation. And this is going to be one of those conversations today. Today's episode is going to be all about manifesting the law of attraction and energetics with your money. And this is a topic that I feel like I've been hearing about for years and years and years. And at first I was kind of like, okay, this honestly just, it's not my jam. I'm not woo-woo. I'm very type A. I'm very like straight and narrow, action, 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 do, do, do. But you'll hear me talk about this in this episode that it just felt like I was falling short. Something was missing. I kept just ramming my head up against a brick wall. And I just got to a point where I said, I just feel like there's a link in the chain that I don't have. And I feel like the energetics of money really cluing into the vibrations of your finances and learning the skill behind manifesting and the law of attraction, understanding that your money is energy. And it's like for like, it wants to flow to a place that it can be an energetic match for. It just felt like so many things started to make sense to me in terms of making the money that I knew that I was capable of making, setting financial goals, and actually achieving them in a way that felt almost like guaranteed to happen. Like, I know this is coming for me. I know this is mine. But then also being in a state to receive the things that come to you. These are all things that I've been working on. And that's why I'm so, so thrilled for today's conversation. Of course, you guys know, whenever I have conversations like this, I'm like, listen, I'm not equipped to have this conversation on my own. (laughs) Okay. I'm a baby in this area. I'm still learning. I need to bring in the expert to really break this down for us. And I have found the perfect person for this conversation. So on the show today, I have Emma Mumford. Emma is known as the manifestation queen of the UK. Okay. She is the UK's leading law of attraction expert. She is an award-winning life coach. She is a two-time best-selling author. She has two books. One is called Positively Wealthy and the other is called Hurt, Healing, and Healed. She is a law of attraction YouTuber. Her YouTube is crazy. There's so many videos on her YouTube. She is a podcast host. Her podcast is called The Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast, which is the number one spirituality podcast on iTunes. But what Emma does is she helps you turn your dream life into an abundant reality using law of attraction and spirituality. She has helped hundreds of thousands of people all across the globe over the past eight years of her doing this. And she also has just like a fascinating story and a fascinating background that you guys will hear about. And I will say this is that this episode is very 101, which I know for me is kind of where I needed to start. And I just want to make that disclaimer in case this is an area that you're very well-versed in. I just want to say that this is going to be the conversation where we start. We're going to fly at 30,000 feet. And Emma takes us through five very clear steps 
to manifesting. We also touch on the energetics of your money, why that matters, why it's so important. And she gives you guys a ton of really good places to start if this is something that you want to start dipping your toes into. If you guys do have a desire to go deeper in this conversation, please let me know and we will have her back on to dive deeper. But when she got on before we started recording, I was like, listen, I just got to let you know that I'm a newbie to this. I'm a beginner in this. So we just got to start high level, very basic. And she absolutely delivered. She breaks this down in a way that is not only easy to understand, but is also very fun and enlightening to understand. All of Emma's information is in the show notes, all of her social channels, her podcast, her YouTube, her books, her website, her programs. It's all linked in the show notes if you guys want to take a listen. And I will say too that I was on her podcast, the episode that I was on dropped yesterday. So we also had a really, really amazing conversation on her podcast. So if you enjoy this episode, I'm also going to link the podcast that I was on, on her podcast in the show notes. So if you want to listen to this one, you can go and listen to that one. We definitely had more of a different conversation around money on her podcast. So if you go listen to that, you're not going to be listening to the same episode twice. We came on each other's podcast, but we definitely had two very, very different conversations across those two, of course, in a way that would help and serve each other's audiences. So again, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. It helped me so much. It was a great foundational law of attraction, manifesting 101, energetics 101, and I know it will be for you too. So without further ado, here is my conversation with law of attraction expert, Emma Mumford. Enjoy. Emma, welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I am so excited to have you on to talk all things law of attraction, manifestation, and how all of that just jives and combines with our money. This is a conversation that I've wanted to have for a really long time now on the podcast. This is something that I myself have been diving into, I would say probably within the last 12 to 18 months. And I still feel like I'm very new and very much so a beginner. And I know a lot of people in my audience feel the same way, but you are the perfect person to have this conversation with. So welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you, Paige. I'm so excited to be here and yeah, share the power of all things manifesting with you today. Let's just hear all about Emma. I would love to hear all about you and how you got to be where you are. I mean, you are the manifestation queen of the UK is kind of what you're known of. So how did you get to where you are today? I'd love to hear that story. Yeah. So it actually ties into money so funnily, (laughs) maybe not so funnily. But my background is money, ironically. So my kind of journey and story started all the way back in 2012, when I was sort of like 18, 19 years old. And I was working as a banking manager at the time. So I was working in finance, something I had never planned to get into, something I felt completely underqualified in. But I just sort of like fell into that industry and fell into that job role. So at that time, I was putting people in debt. So I was handing out loans, mortgages, credit cards, all of these things. And it was just soul destroying to say the least. And at that time as well, I was with my first not so great relationship. And he actually left me in £7,000 worth of his debt. I took it on to obviously get the debt collectors off our backs. And then the relationship, funnily enough, broke down after that. And he still to this day hasn't paid a single penny off that loan. It was my legal responsibility. So I was very, very young, hating my job. I was having panic attacks every day, anxiety, feeling depressed and not really understanding, you know, how I got to this place so early on in my life as well and not understanding what was behind the depression or the anxiety attacks that I was having. So Obviously, at this point, I was sort of like 19, 20 years old, having to clear this debt. And I actually had to leave the banking job purely because I just couldn't go. Every day I was in the bathroom having panic attacks. And that's not going to make my boss very happy. I just couldn't keep up that work. And I knew that I didn't want to be saying no to people who were in desperate need of money. And I just you know, computer said, no, I couldn't give them anything. So for me, I realized that that job was not what I wanted to do. It were not that not anything that would make me flourish. So I went part time and worked back in retail, a very different career. But you know, I needed money to pay the, the, those bills to live, and obviously to clear that debt I had as well. So that's when I found extreme couponing, and you're probably very familiar mm. with it over in the states. But here in the UK, it was actually not heard of at all. We just mm. kind of had the show here. 
And I watched it and I thought, wow, like all these people are getting thousands and thousands of dollars worth of food for like nothing. Like if I could do that here, like I would save myself so much money. I could get out of this debt. Like, oh my God, I need this. So I went and had a look online and there was a few like things here in the UK, but nothing like what it is in the US. And it was very much taboo, very much not spoken about. So I very quickly took it under my belt of like, I'm going to find these coupons. And within a few months, my spare room was like this whole stockpile. Um, it looked a bit like a supermarket, as you see in the show. And my friends were coming around, like taking things off. And um, they were like, Emma, you need to like share this with people. Like if you can do all of this, like people would love to know how to do this so I started up a Facebook page after much sort of pestering from my friends and it kind of just went wild from there like obviously for me it was just a hobby it was just something that helped me to get out of debt and you know now I was sharing that with people of where to find them how to save money all these different kind of like money tips and within six months the page had grown over to half a million followers and I was being asked to go on like daily um, daytime tv here in the UK this morning and present a couponing slot so my life had gone from like this very confusing space in my life to now this like amazing purpose and resource that I was sharing with people and I just never in a million years expected it to take off like that or for people to be interested in that but of course you know like people always need to save money right like people love to save money so like it was the right time and the right place in all honesty of like people wanted to know about coupons So I ran that business. I turned it into a business after a year. Again, I had no expectation or no knowledge of how to start a business, that it could even be one, nothing at all. And I ran that business for six amazing years and I absolutely loved it. And it brought so much joy. And obviously, you know, I was teaching living and breathing money, which was incredible to be able to go from putting people in debt to helping people get out of debt in a such more positive and fulfilling way. And then in 2016 is when I had my spiritual awakening. And at this point, the depression and anxiety had continued over that period of time that I spoke about. Again, I'd tried different therapies and nothing seemed to be really giving me that sort of long-term relief or shifts. I tried medication, I tried CBT therapy, I tried talk therapy. Nothing was giving me any light on why I was experiencing these things. So this is when I kind of have my dark night of the soul, as they call them. And I came across the law of attraction. So this ironically was at the end of another not so great relationship in my life. And I realized that I didn't know how to love myself. I don't think I ever did love myself, to be honest. So for me, when I started hearing about the law of attraction, the law of attraction, I had no idea what it was or why I kept seeing this word everywhere. But people tend to say like the law of attraction finds them. And I Mm -hmm. think that's really really true of um, I wasn't looking for it, but it certainly came my way and sort of my hour of need, so to speak. So I was definitely at this point, the lowest I'd been in my life, mental health wise and depression wise and it was again a bit like couponing something just so positive to put my mind to that just lifted me and lifted that dark cloud that was over me and very quickly just like couponing I became obsessed with it I could see you know incredible results with it and you know within three weeks I felt so much better within myself and I definitely believe I had circumstantial depression but also unresolved trauma that I later on found out that I had along the line but you know I really started to see my life shift in amazing ways in literally a few weeks so I started incorporating that into my money work and at first I thought people are gonna think I am nuts telling them how to save money and coupon and then how to manifest money and you know like Mm. manifest things but people already knew about it and people were really open to it and I kind of for a year or so ran the two alongside each other on separate platforms and then really in 2017 I realized actually this is what I really want to step into like my business had outgrown me it needed a team of people it got so huge and I had no idea what I was doing so I decided to sell the business and manifested a seller um, a buyer sorry for the business and in 2017 I went full-time a spiritual queen so I was known as coupon queen and that's where Spiritual Queen came from. And yeah, I've been teaching the law of attraction, writing books and helping people manifest money, but also manifest lots of amazing things in their life ever since. Okay. I did not know your background with the couponing. That is fascinating. Like fascinating. I'm sitting here just going like, oh my gosh, it's so crazy. But what like a journey that you have been on from 
the bank to the couponing business to now where you are now. Let's just start like very basic. I feel like I really got introduced to the whole concept of law of attraction. I feel like a couple years ago when the book, The Secret came out, I feel like maybe that's how a lot of people got initially exposed to it. But it's something that for the past couple of years, I've heard the term a lot, right? Like law of attraction, law of attraction. I'm evolving my self-concept there. But basically like before a year ago, I was like, yeah, I am not like a very like woo-woo type person. So it was something that I just, I had heard, but I was just like, okay, that's just not for me. And then to your point, I feel like maybe a year to 18 months ago, I just kind of felt like I just kept running up against almost, it felt like a brick wall. I was just trying to action my way out of how I was feeling or like action my way to getting the results that I want. And there was this whole other piece missing. And so kind of like you said, it was like the law of attraction just finds you. I feel like I started to pay more attention to it. I feel like I just started seeing it more on social media and like books and literature and stuff that I was reading. And so I was like, okay, let's just like slowly start dipping my toes in. But where did you start with it? I guess, can we just start with defining like, okay, what is law of attraction? And I would love to hear like when you first found it, how did you just start kind of dipping your toes into it? Where did you initially start? Yeah. So I'll start with that first. So again, it was right as I was in the trenches of like spiritual awakening and having like this huge breakdown in my life. And I remember just going on Google and typing in how to turn a negative situation into a positive. I mean, I had no vocabulary, no knowledge of any of this stuff. I wouldn't have said I was spiritual or woo-woo at all before. I was probably atheist, if anything. So I, yeah, I didn't really have the vocabulary to know what to search, but I knew that I wanted to save my life, not end my life, and transform it. And that's when this lady popped up and I watched it. And little did I know it was Louise Hay at the time, um, but she was talking about you know, this law of attraction and like your thoughts create your reality. And just the way she was explaining it just really resonated with me. And as I was diving deeper more into it, and then like yourself, I read The Secret, I watched The Secret on Netflix. That's when it really started to click. It wasn't like I was learning something. It was like I was remembering something. And I was like, oh, of course, that's how life works. Of course, that's why I'm in this situation. And like, that's, you know, how I'm here sort of thing. So that's really how I found it. And then I just like read books after that. And then I kind of dived into more spiritual books and spiritual teachers work. But of course, like I absolutely love the science behind the law of attraction as well. So how I would define the law of attraction, I would say my work's probably a little bit more woo-woo and spiritual than most law of attraction teachers. There are lots of people out there who love the science, who love neuroscience and can give you a million scientific facts. I'm probably not one of the best people to give you all the scientific facts, but I love to explain it in just simple terms that, you know, definitely resonate with everybody because we've all had these experiences in our life. And this is how, for me as a complete atheist, that I was able to kind of get my head around it and understand, ah, like that makes sense. That's how this works. So the law of attraction is one of the seven energetic laws of the universe. And it is the energetic law that I like to describe a bit like karma. So what you put out is what you get back, essentially. So with manifesting, and that's another term for the law of attraction, we essentially have a mirror in front of us. So imagine like a gigantic mirror in front of you and how you're showing up to that mirror is what is being reflected back to you in your outer experiences. So you may hear people say that your thoughts create your reality, your words create your reality. And this is so true. We can even see that on such a micro level. If you think about it, if you've ever had one of those days page where something annoying has happened and you've gone and text a friend and you're like, oh, you will not believe what's happened. And then you go and tell someone else and you go and tell someone else and then something else happens and something else happens and by the end of the day you're like oh my gosh I need a glass of wine it's been one of those days I am so done and on the flip side we've had those days where something positive has happened and we've gone and told someone and we've gone and told somebody else and by the end of the day we're like wow today was my lucky day like everything went my way this is of attraction in action so there are lots of different ways you can look at the law of attraction but I love to keep it really simple and basic with five steps so in the secret you will hear three steps ask believe receive and Rhonda Byrne in the secret goes through these different steps now these were amazing and served me greatly on my journey because that was one of the first books I came across but when I came to write my books in 2018 
I kind of looked back at all the things that I'd manifested and like kind of all the data of like what worked, what didn't work, what was I doing at that time, what was I not doing at that time. And I really felt that the gap between believe and receive felt like this huge hurdle of like, right, we're going to ask for our desire, then we're going to believe it's going to happen. And then boom, it's here. And I feel like this is where a lot of people get lost. And a lot of people struggle and a lot of people give up because they think that, you know, they've got these three steps to work with, but I just don't feel they're comprehensive enough at all to actually allow people to pinpoint where they are on that journey. So I like to break it down into five steps. So I'll go through those so you can understand a little bit more about how we work with the law of attraction and the real basics of it. Perfect. So I've explained that it's an energetic law of the universe. Um, So essentially, you know, there are no limits to what you can manifest. You could, you know, if we're manifesting, we're calling something into our reality. So you might have examples in your life where you were like, I said that was going to happen. Or, oh my gosh, remember I wrote that goal down a couple of years ago. And oh my God, like all these goals have happened. If you're someone who writes goals on New Year's, for example, you know, that is manifesting. So a lot of the time we are speaking into existence. We are setting those wishes, those goals, those manifestations. And maybe we're not even consciously realizing that that is what we're doing, but that is manifesting. So the first step is to ask. So we need to ask the universe, ask God, ask source, ask your higher self. You know, whatever term you resonate with is, is perfect for you. There's no right or wrong of what term you should use. But again, most people tend to like to use universe. Um, So you need to ask the universe for your desire, for what you would like. And if you're unclear of what you would like, I always think it's good to look at what's maybe not feeling so great in your life right now. And then thinking about, okay, how can I flip that? If I'm frustrated at work, what is the opposite of that? Okay, having more supportive colleagues, for example. So you would kind of look at what would make that feel like a 10 in happiness. And then that's your manifestation of what you need to manifest to experience that 10 of happiness or joy or whatever. So sometimes where life doesn't feel great is a great indication of where we can start with manifestation, but you might also have a really clear picture already of what you would like to manifest into your life or goals or ambitions that you've wanted for many, many years. So all you need to do is ask, and that could be through spoken words. You could just say, universe, I would love to manifest $5,000 this month, or you could write it down like a goal. You could sing it. You could visualize it, sit in your mind with your eyes closed, a bit like meditation, see that money coming to you. There are so many different ways and techniques that you can ask. And I think it's great to try all the fancy ones that are out there. Obviously in my books, I've got tons of different ways that you can ask for your desires and in my resources and content, but keep it simple, like asking is asking. So mm-hmm. sometimes just saying it or writing it is literally enough, but you need to ask with clarity. So the example I gave there of this month, I want to manifest $5,000. I was specific, 5,000, mm-hmm. not just, I want some money because, yeah. you know, $10 could just fly out of, you know, you cover and you're like, oh, well, that's not what I wanted. But the universe is like, well, there's your money you asked for. So we do have to be really, really specific with what we want to manifest so that we get that specific result um, reflected back to us. Remember that mirror that I spoke about mm-hmm. in the beginning. So asking is the first step, but definitely one of the most important And asking with clarity is important so that, you know, the universe knows what it is you want to call in. Perfect. Okay. I've also heard, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this. So I've heard, I feel like in a book that I've read that simply just having the desire for something is also asking. Is that true? Or do you recommend being a little bit more bold about it? Like actually like writing it down or speaking it out loud is just simply having a desire for something or knowing that you want something. Is that a form of asking? It definitely is to some degree. And I think some, even I can witness things in my life where I'm like, oh yeah, I thought about that and just had that desire, but I didn't really do much and it manifested. But I think if you've got something that feels like a quote unquote bigger manifestation, like a relationship, a house, money, and there's kind of some like gravity behind that, I definitely think kind of fearlessly claiming it and saying it to the universe is really, really important because 
again, you know, the version of yourself who has that desire, who has that manifestation in their life, they're not just going to be quiet about it and kind of like, you know, oh yeah, that would be nice. They're going to be like, look what I have, this is incredible. So, you know, it's not about singing it from the rooftops and telling everybody your manifestations, definitely not. But I think definitely having, and I find as well, when I write things down, when I say it out loud, when I am like, yes, this is what I want to manifest, I feel like it helps me to be so much more clearer. I feel like I can then process, like, how does that look? What exactly are the specifics with that? Whereas sometimes when it's more of like a fleeting thought for me, I'm kind of a bit wishy-washy with it. And then I I get that result back, you know? Mm, Okay, perfect. I love that. So step one, ask and ask with clarity. Yes. Okay. So step two. Yes. So step two is again, one of the original steps of the three-step process, which is believe. So in Rhonda Burns, The Secret Teaching, she very much says, you know, that you have to believe the universe can serve it, believe that you can manifest this. um, And essentially just believe that it can happen. And this is all great, but we are very complex human beings with a subconscious mind that like to collect fears and limiting beliefs and stories throughout our life. And I believe that the belief step is more about the inner world. So how I teach it is we then look at what stands in between you and your desire. So for instance, a lot of the time when people set their intentions or set a goal, they will then hear this inner voice, this inner critic that is like, well, who are you to do that? Like, you mm-hmm. can't do that. You're of that. Like, we know the stories, right? We know right. what comes. And this is the inner critic, or as I like to call it, the inner child. And Again, it's there to protect us. It's not there for, you know, it's not there to harm us or it's not there to like bully us. It literally is there to protect us. So we definitely need to give the inner critic, the inner child love and patience, um, which can be hard, especially when it's very loud and very critical sometimes. So this is a clue where some resistance may be. So if you're seeing kind of conflicting results with your manifesting or you're having these fears or beliefs come up, then this is the resistance. This is what the block is standing in between you and your desire. So believe is yes, believing you can manifest it, believing you are worthy of it, believing the universe can deliver it. But it's also about your mindset. It's also looking at if there are any energetic blocks there that are stopping it from flowing into your life. So that's a really important step that allows us to then look at the inner world and the subconscious mind and say, well, is there anything stopping us from manifesting this here and now? I love that you touched on the second step is believing. But then, of course, after you start believing, there's going to be a lot of I call it like mind drama that's going to come up. And what I always encourage my audience to do is is I'm just like, look, there's no belief police. And like exactly what you said, it's like sometimes with the desires that we have or the things that we want, it's such a stark difference of the reality that we're living right now that we're like, well, it's just not possible. Like, who am I to want something like that great, that grand or that different from the life that I'm currently living? But my encouragement to anyone who's listening to this and who kind of feels that way is like, what's the harm in just having the belief? What's the harm in just trying? Like, what's the harm of just believing and see if it could happen? Because by blocking yourself off to that or by not even allowing yourself to have the belief in the first place, you're pretty much guaranteeing that you're not going to get what you want. Like, that's pretty much a surefire way to not get what you want. And so even if you're starting out with this and you're still a little kind of like, okay, well, there's a lot of things that I want, but it just seems so far off and it just feels like there's no point in believing I guess my counter to that would be like, but why not just try? Why not just give yourself the opportunity and why not just try? Like I said, there's no belief police, right? Like no one's going to come and arrest you for like believing that you can have the things that you want. So I always like to just give that encouragement because I hear that from the women in my audience all the time. They just think that there's like certain things out there for them, a certain life, certain relationships, certain net worth, certain results that they want to create with their money that they're just like, that's just not meant for me. It's not in the cards for me. And I love how you said, like, you can manifest anything that you want. There's nothing off the table that you can't go out and believe and ask for. Just kind of my two cents on that second step. Amazing. And like, it's so true because you get what you tolerate at the end of the day. And if you Mm. like these examples there of saying, you know, there isn't better for me. That's all I'm worth. Like you're literally reaffirming that the universe is going, yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Right. So 
whatever you're saying, like the universe is literally saying, yes, yes, yes. Whereas if you're saying, actually, I do deserve more. I deserve to be paid what I'm worth. I deserve to have that career. Well, the universe is going, yes, yes, yes. Right. So what have you got to lose from literally affirming and saying like, this is what I want. And sometimes it can feel scary to make that declaration or know that you want more or maybe it feels scary to even say like I want to be paid more or I want to you know achieve this or I want to quit my job and I don't know like travel or something like it might feel scary to say that but ultimately what have you got to lose you've got everything to gain and nothing to lose today and right. when we make that declaration like that's the first step of ask right and then there's mm-hmm. going to be things that happen that lead you to be able to shift that mindset eventually so you I don't really like it when people say like you have to fake it till you make it because the faking it if you continue the faking it then it is just you're going to be continuing to fake it you're not going to be yeah. authentically in that but we do kind of need to fake it a little bit in the beginning to just kind of get you over the first hurdle of like right I've declared it now I've like I'm taking action so afterwards it can then become that embodiment of okay I do believe I can do this now but you do kind of have to have that little bit of leap of faith in the beginning like you say yeah exactly okay so ask believe and then what's number three the third step yeah so this is one of the new steps that I added in which is trust and Mm -hmm. I felt like this is really important because Trust is such a big step in the law of attraction process and it's just completely messed off. So I feel like, as I was saying, believe to receive is such a big hurdle that these two in-between steps, you know, just break it down and make it so much easier for all of us to understand and track where we are on that process as well. So trust in the step is that you're trusting in the process. So you're trusting in the divine timing, the perfect timing for that thing, that manifestation to come into your life. And you're trusting the process as well. So with manifestation, it's a co-creation process. So you go 50% of the way and the universe meets you at the other 50%. It's not you going 100. It's not you going 90. It's not you going 10. It's 50-50 straight down the middle. So I tend to find that you get your 90% manifestors. I am definitely one of those in the past who will just make it happen. They will be like, right, I'm going to go out. I'm going to make it happen at all costs. Like I am in control. Um, You know, I'm making this happen. And it doesn't happen because you are overly attached or controlling mm-hmm. and you're at 90%. You're not at 50%. You're not trusting at all that the universe can meet you halfway or support you with that. And then on the flip side, you've got your 10% manifestors who are like, I'm going to win the lottery, but I don't play the lottery. And you're like, great, well, how are you going to, how are you going to win that lottery then if you're Mm. not even entering it? So I think learn things from both ends of the scale we can definitely learn things from the 90 percenters with the action the inspired aligned action and we can definitely learn things from the 10 percenters like having that more relaxed approach and not controlling everything so there's no like negatives if you're identified with either one of these but it's just having that awareness of like okay well if I'm a 10% how can I go 50 how can I take that action to be in the field of opportunity and possibility here to bring this into my reality and like be there ready to receive it and if you're a 90 percenter, how can you step back how can you release that control how can you trust and allow yourself to be met by the universe so that trust step is really important because it's that 50 50 bridge where we have to look at have have we done enough do we need to take action do we need to put ourselves out there so in really practical ways that can look like if you want to manifest the job for example is your cv or resume up to date have you got that outfit plan that you're going to wear to the interview for example so it's not like you're turning up at the door being like give me the job you know you're just preparing for its mm-hmm. arrival preparing for the inevitable of going for that interview and getting that job so that's where you meet the universe with opportunity and possibility by putting yourself out there and saying here i am i'm ready to receive it Yeah. I'm 100% like you. I'm like the 90% over here. That's like, okay, I need to, I'm like white knuckling over here. And like I said, I'm like trying to like action my way. And I feel like, I mean, I haven't heard the last two steps, but I feel like as soon as you said trust, I was like, Ooh, this is, this is the hard part for me. Like, I feel like I don't have a hard time asking. I feel like I'm very super clear and super specific on what I want. 
I feel like I have the belief that it can be mine and it will be mine one day. But then to your point, that bridge in between of asking and it actually manifesting and coming, there's that trust. And I feel like that's where this is where my work is. So I'm over here on the 90% of almost like I need to let go of control. And I know you said that was you. So I know you said for those that are more of the 10% engaging, being prepared, right? Like kind of doing all the steps to make sure that almost kind of like your ducks are in a row. But do you have any tips or advice for those that are like you and I, who we just kind of need to like, let go a little bit and just trust more? Yeah. Step four, let go. (laughs) Oh, okay. There we go. Perfect. (laughs) Well, we kind of need to backtrack a little bit back into that trust step. Um, And it's ironic because I've been doing a lot of content on trust at the moment. So I feel like I've got some great answers for you on that. But it just must be the theme right now. The universe is getting us all to trust. Um, But yeah, no, I've definitely been in your shoes where I'm like, oh, my God, I do not want to let this go. Like, why is it not manifesting? And a lot of us can get in that place. Absolutely. And I would definitely say, you know, the trust in the universe is so important. And our trust within ourselves as well. I always feel like when people struggle to trust the process or trust the universe, I always say, Ethan, do you trust yourself, first of all? Because the inner always reflects the outer. And if we're not in that deep trust within ourselves that we are supported, the universe supports us. And I, you know, trust is built in two layers. It's built in lived experience. So if anybody, um, you know, like for anybody listening who is absolutely new to this, your level of lived experience belief is going to be very different to someone who's been doing this for five years, for example, because they have evidence, they have data, they have this lived experience belief mindset where they've seen the law of attraction and action, they've seen the universe support them. So the first stage of belief building is lived experience. So I always encourage people to look back, you know, through their life, through their manifestation journey and say, well, how has the universe supported me whenever I've needed a miracle? What's come through? If I needed desperately to manifest something, what happened? Like, how did the universe end up supporting me? There will always be something there for you to find. Mm -hmm. And the second pillar of trust is mindset. So then looking at your belief mindset of, do you trust yourself? If you don't, what happened? Is there something in the past that maybe betrayed your trust? So now you feel like you have to make everything happen because you know, if you if you don't make it happen, no one's going to do it because when you were seven years old, your parent or caregiver let you down sort of thing. So there could be a belief there. And absolutely, this was my case of not being able to trust myself, not being able to trust my body because of past trauma. And so how on earth could I trust the universe if I didn't even trust myself? So this is like a big conversation when we're in this trust step, because I definitely feel like it's, control at the end of the day when we are not letting go we are controlling and we have to look at why are we controlling the outcome why are we controlling and not allowing ourselves to receive and behind the control could be the ego the inner child that doesn't feel safe that feels like again they need to make this happen because if they let go like they can't possibly trust the unknown they can't possibly trust the universe because they feel they have evidence that they can't from the past so there's definitely some inner work there for sure I have absolutely had to do and I think you know a lot of people listening may resonate with which stops that trust and I feel as well this might be a little bit more pro but I feel like a lot of people who are on the manifestation journey when they're worried or fearful or anxious that their desire isn't going to happen they turn to things like oracle cards tarot cards signs synchronicities psychics all these different things and I love all those different things and I've used them throughout my spiritual spiritual career of course like personally and professionally but I myself became reliant on it and I used them as a form of outwards validation that that Mm. thing was going to happen. But when I got really honest with myself and I said, right, strip away every single one of those things that are giving you reassurance because it's Mm -hmm. not really giving assurance at all. You're using it as an emotional crutch here to convince yourself this desire is going to happen. You know, when I stripped all those things away, I was like, you don't trust. If none of those things existed and none of those things gave you validation you don't believe in your core that that is going to happen so how on earth can you expect yourself to feel reassured by these things or manifest that if you don't even believe it yourself so I kind of went on like a 
card and psychic band for a while (laughs) to really like trust myself again like trust my intuition trust my gut learn to trust myself and I really feel like that's what hugely shifted my relationship with trust and with myself and you know with my desires for sure but the letting go the fourth step is really important as well because I definitely had never let go a day in my life before learning this And it's not spoken about anywhere. And I just couldn't wrap my head around why none of these law of attraction texts that have been out like 20 odd years nearly. Um, And even, you know, Bob Proctor, all all the things that came before The Secret. um, You know, I've read a lot of them and none of them talk about letting go. And it really, really confused me. And Gabby Bernstein was the first person's work who I read that hit the nail on the head almost of where I was going wrong and I was again having a moment of really not trusting and really you know feeling fearful and anxious around my desire and I had her book The Universe Has Your Back which is a fantastic book and I picked it up I hadn't read it it'd been sat on my shelf for a year and I just knew in that moment I was like right I need some relief here universe so I picked up the book opened it and it was the chapter of when you think you've surrendered you need to surrender more And I read that whole chapter in like five minutes. And I was like, hmm, there's your problem. You have never surrendered or let go a day in your life, Emma. You are controlling, you are forcing, and none of this is the energy of manifesting. So in that step four, letting go, it's not giving up on your desire. A lot of the time people think it's giving up or saying, "Eh, didn't manifest, right? We'll give up on that and we'll, Mm -hmm. you know, something else or try something else. It's not that at all. Letting go is simply letting go of your attachment to your manifestation. So that control we're talking about, that forcefulness energy, we're literally letting that go because we've got that level of trust that we've built in step three. So now letting go feels as easy as breathing because we trust, because we feel relaxed and calm. And we're like, I trust that this is going to happen. This or something better for the highest good of all. So it's really important that we look at with manifestation. Like we may think we know what's best for us, but I promise you coming from firsthand experience, we do not always know what is best for us. And the universe does protect us. There is, um, you know, this is why something else might happen. And you might think, oh my God. God like thank God my manifestation didn't happen because oh my God I dodged a bullet there right and I have so many of those stories in my life I'm sure you do as well Paige yeah we can't always see the 360 picture we can't like the universe has all-knowing 360 perspective of the manifestation of our lives of everything right so that letting go is that deep surrender to the unknown surrender to the universe that deep trust and knowing that in somehow and in some way your desire is a hundred percent going to manifest but we almost need to like step out of our own way and allow Mm -hmm. the you bring that into our reality so that step four is really where the universe now takes over because step one step two step three we've gone 50 percent, and now the universe is really stepping up to meet us in that letting go and surrendering step So step five is receive, the last step. And many people think this is simply, yay, celebrate your desires here. Fantastic. Be grateful. And yes, it absolutely is. But receiving is also a step and it is also an energy. And I always say to people, um, whenever I introduce these steps to them, I say, just think about now, how much do you allow yourself to receive in your life? And I was not somebody who allowed myself to receive at all. I was the helper, the supporter, the doer. And a lot of us are, right? Especially if you're a 90% manifester. So I really looked at my relationship with receiving as well. And, you know, that can be a really simple shift. Like even this week, you could do this um, for anybody listening. Just think about how can I allow myself to receive more this week? Maybe that's help and support around the household of the kids. Maybe that is receive love more or allow yourself to receive a gift. Um, I had a really weird relationship with receiving gifts up until a couple of years ago. Couldn't work out why. And then when I looked at my relationship with receiving, it all made sense of why I felt weird on birthdays and at Christmas when I would receive gifts. 
Now my relationship with it is completely different because I allow myself to receive. So you may not think the two are related, like receiving abundance and receiving in general, but they are really, really connected because again, the inner reflects the outer. So mm-hmm. how you are receiving in life is how you are receiving your desires as well. So it's a great invitation for anyone listening to open up to receiving support more, asking for help, you know, just inviting that receiving energy in just a little bit more, because then you'll see that real shift with your manifestations. Okay. I love this last step. I feel like this is something that I struggle with as well. And honestly, I see this a lot in the women in my community as well. I see it with money. And then to your point, I see it in so many other areas. Like I was just having a conversation with my sister-in-law. She just had a baby. She was like, if you could go back to postpartum, because I had my daughter about 15 months ago. So I'm like kind of fresh in postpartum. I'm not like still in it, but I've recently come out of it. She said, like, what would your advice to yourself be? And I said, ask for more help. And she goes, she was like, that's like the worst possible thing you could have told me. Cause she's like, I hate asking for help. And I'm like, I know. That's why I'm telling you. That's why that is my answer to you. I'm like just being open to receiving more help. And you see this so often with money too. You know, it's like you're not charging what you should be charging or like somebody should be paying you for value or service that you're providing to them. And you're like, oh no, it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Like I'll just do it for free. Or even like maybe money comes into you. This happens a lot with women in my community because we focus more on the outflow of money, like spending money. But it's like they receive money from maybe like an inheritance or just like a sum of money comes into them and they have an issue receiving it. And so instead of receiving it and being comfortable with that, they sabotage it and they just go out and like spend it immediately. So even though this is the last step, I feel like this is like such an important and critical step that is hard, is challenging. I feel like especially especially for women, we really struggle with this last step of receiving. So I love that this is the last step. Yeah. And you're so right. You know, I've seen it from my banking days up until now, like as a coach and obviously working with people like my job is to literally help people rewire their beliefs and to, you know, clear the blocks to manifestations. And the amount of times I see and have women sat in front of me who have blocks with money, who don't feel worthy, who struggle to receive. And of course, you know, men can have these blocks as well. But it is like self-worth especially is definitely something that comes up time and time again with my female clients. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for breaking down those five steps for us. Like that just makes the process so clear. And I know I love myself a good checklist and I love myself a good like, okay, like a list of steps. So thank you for taking us through that process. And let's just spend the rest of our time together really kind of taking this and applying it to money. Because I feel like money is one of those things that for a lot of people who are first being introduced to this work, they come from a mindset of like money is a very finite resource. It's a very masculine resource. It's very black and white. It's very mathematical. And of course, there is a component of money where that is true. There always is a mathematical reality to your money. But I remember a couple of years ago hearing about, I can't even remember who I heard it from or where, but first hearing about how money is energy. And when I heard that, I was like, what? Money is energy. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, first of all, money is money. It's in my bank account and it's, or it's like cash in my wallet. How could money be energy? And that kind of concept aligns a lot with what we're talking about today. So would you mind maybe just expanding on that a little bit and just talking about the energetics of money and how we can kind of take this process and apply it to maybe manifesting a financial reality that you want? Money is kind of like the one place that they're like, okay, yeah, right. I can just manifest the money that I want. How does that actually work and how does that happen? So Yeah. And you're so right. Money is energy. And that's definitely something I learned very early on in my manifesting kind of journey of reframing how I saw money, because a lot of the time we can see money is very rigid, very masculine, like you say. And in my work, we're going a bit pro here, but in a lot of spiritual work, you'll hear people reference divine masculine and divine feminine energy. So I want to bring that into this because it will help you to see money in a different way. And if you are interested in those teachings more, you can go and obviously read about them in fantastic books in my work um, and see how that relates to your life as well. But essentially 
we've seen money as greedy. We've seen money as evil. I think money has been labeled pretty much most negative things, right? But it's not money that has done that. It's people that have made it that way, right? It's people who have used money for not great things. It's not money that has, you know, done that. It's the resource that has allowed humans to do that, right? So we have to look at money as more of an energetic form of money comes in, money goes out. And I like to see money as almost like the ocean it is an energetic resource so whether you are manifesting $90 whether you're manifesting 90 cappuccinos whether you're manifesting 90 pairs of shoes it's all just energy the universe does not see money any differently than it sees puppies it does not see money any differently to an abundance of coffee pods for example like it literally sees it exactly the same it's us as humans that put this almost like energetic pressure and meaning on money so to speak so obviously money does make the world go round we do need it in this life for sure and it is a big importance to a lot of us in many different ways but essentially what's really helped me to change my money mindset and to see money for good is that the more positive people like ourselves who have money and are conscious in this way with money, the more the energetics of money can shift and change because it will be used in more positive ways, right? So it's good for us to have money because we are conscious, we are responsible, we are positive people who want to help other people and see positive things in the world, right? So the more the, you know, positive people, spiritual people, whatever you want to call us all, um, you know, have these resources available to you, the more that we can collectively change the frequency and vibration of money. But again, going back to the divine masculine and divine feminine. So within us all, and another, I said, the law of attraction is one of the seven energetic laws of the universe. Another one is the law of polarity. And this is what I talk about a lot in my work, because it's really important when um, we do some work with manifesting. And in the law of polarity, it talks about divine feminine and divine masculine, which is the yin, the yang, the light, the dark, the summer, the winter. So you can see the polarity there. Mm -hmm. So the traits of the divine feminine, we all have both energies within us. So we have divine feminine and divine masculine. And the divine feminine energy is all about flow. It's about receiving. It's going inwards. It's winter. It's darkness. It's about healing that inwards world, whereas the divine masculine energy is very much the outer. So it's the yang energy. It's sunshine. It's summer. It's manifestation energy. It's outwards energy. It's ambition. It takes action. And so we all have these energies within us and we need them in balance to be able to manifest, but also to, you know, live a healthy balanced life as well so for me I primarily sit in my divine masculine energy so that's why I'm very ambitious I get stuff done I'm very driven I take action and I was completely suppressing my divine feminine energy which meant I wasn't flowing I wasn't trusting I wasn't receiving so for me that divine feminine work was so healing and so important for me with manifesting but also just to you know be in balance with myself as well so when we look at those energies in terms of money, a lot of the time we approach money in a masculine way and that is needed. So budgeting, saving, couponing, being responsible, taking action. There's a time and a place and we need it 100%. Mm -hmm. They're all really positive things to do. But we can also bring that feminine energy into our money relationship as well. Because, you know, we can talk about mon money blocks and mindset beliefs around money and finances, etc. But also, you know, it's looking at your relationship with money because it is a relationship, just like your relationship with yourself, just like your relationship with another person. So, you know, you can't expect to be best friends with money when you spend no time nurturing that relationship, mm -hmm. right? So you need to spend time with money. You need to flirt with money. You need to date money. You need to get to know your money. So it is about building that relationship for sure. And that's a very divine feminine kind of practice to do. But also looking at your ability to receive, as we've said, your ability to trust and your ability to flow. Because again, if we're trying to make our money manifestations happen, if we're like, you know, pushing that divine masculine energy of like, go, 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 push, push, push 
percent of the way it will work to some degree of course but it will also cap you at some ways in some ways as well so by using that feminine energy with your money you're then able to flow with it more and allow yourself to receive more easily without the hustle and bustle of that masculine energy you allow yourself to be supported more by the universe and that's that trust which we want so i think when we can bring that touch of feminine energy to our relationship with money and how we approach it which again comes from working on that within ourselves we can then see money from a whole different picture of it's not just masculine. Those masculine Mm -hmm. practice and that energy is so needed. But again, we can bring the both in to make it easier, to make it flow and not feel so rigid and masculine. Yeah, I love that. And I, I feel like I'm just kind of starting to find a balance between those two energies as well, just especially with money. Thank you for breaking that down. Because again, that was something that I heard a couple of years ago and I was like, what are you talking about? But yeah, I mean, it just all goes back to this like, like for like. And I always say too, you kind of touched on this as well. One of my big things is I'm like, yes, absolutely. We all have a relationship with money, whether you want to think that you do or you don't. But again, thinking about the energetics of money and the vibration of money, it's like money wants to go and flow to places where it feels like it's going to be cared for. And again, it's kind of like a relationship. Like It wants to be in a healthy, thriving, abundant relationship. It doesn't want to be in a just like toxic, rigid, abusive relationship. And to be honest, that's the type of relationship that a lot of us do have with our money. And I always say, like, if your money was a person, would that be a relationship that you would want to be in or that your money would want to be in? That kind of goes with it. It's just like money wants to flow to that good energy. It wants to go to places where it knows it's going to be loved and cared for. Well, I think that's the perfect place to end us. This hour flew by. I'm like, oh my gosh, we've been talking for an hour. But before we sign off, go ahead and share with us where everyone can find you. And also too, if you don't mind, of course, I would love to hear about your books and any other resources that if somebody is like, okay, this is definitely something that I want to dive in a little bit more, just some great places that they can start. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find all of my free content on emmamumford.co.uk and I'm on Instagram, YouTube, all of the platforms at I am Emma Mumford. I've got my YouTube channel, which has got literally like nine years and like 700 amazing videos full of, I've got playlists of like where to start. So go along and you can obviously watch an abundance of YouTube videos on there on all the topics we've covered today, money, divine feminine, divine masculine, working on belief, working on trust, like literally anything you can think of is probably on there by now. And I've also got my podcast, Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast, which Paige is coming on in a few weeks. So again, there's six years of episodes on that that you can go and enjoy as well, all for free. Then my books, if you want to dive a little bit deeper, and this is Sparks Your Interest, Positively Wealthy, my second book is probably the best place to start. It's a 33-day fun manifesting challenge. It does focus on wealth. It does focus on finances in there, but it does focus on wealth in all areas of your life. So that's a really fun one to kind of dip your toes in, learn more with, get some manifesting results from. And then Hurt Healing Healed is my next book, which is kind of like a follow-on book. So if you are maybe a little bit of an expert at manifesting, you've dipped your toes in, but maybe you're feeling those blocks, maybe you're a 90% manifester um, and you're thinking, I know I need to release control. I just can't trust. These blocks are coming up. That book is perfect. It's all about releasing limiting fears, beliefs and blocks to supercharge your manifestation. So that's more of like an inner workbook where we go deeper into the law of attraction and a bit more pro, clear out anything that may be blocking you. Awesome. I'm going to check all of those out. I love books. So and I see your little bookshelf in the background. I have that exact same one. <laughs> yeah. I have three of those actually that I keep all of my books on. Yeah, exactly. I know. So I like recognize it immediately. Like we both have our own little like bookshelf. So I love it. So, well, Emma, I will make sure to link all of that in the show notes, y'all. So any of her books, all of her social channels, you will be able to find all of that to connect with her. And yes, her YouTube channel, y'all, is expansive, right? Like you have so, so many YouTube videos. That's where I initially found you was, was YouTube. So I know you've been in the YouTube game for a long, long time and you have tons and tons of just amazing free content for people to start with. Thank you for being on the show today, Emma. This was such a fun conversation. 
And I have a feeling that we're going to have you back to kind of like dive deeper because I know we just like scratched the surface today, but I think it was just a beautiful first place to start with the five steps and talking about the energetics of money. Like I said, I have a feeling that people are going to want you back to dive a little deeper. So thank you for being on. Thank you so much for having me, Paige. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Money Love Podcast. If you're loving the podcast, then I want to invite you to join me in the Overcoming Overspending membership. It's where we take this work deeper and apply the concepts and coaching from each week's episode into your own life. By being a member, you have exclusive access to my Overcoming Overspending process, 10 monthly live coaching calls with me, a private podcast, members-only community, monthly money topic and challenge, bonus courses, and so much more. There's nowhere else like it out there to level up your finances and life. Simply go to overcomingoverspending.com to join and you can enter in the code MLP30 at checkout to save $30 on your first month inside the membership. See you inside.